0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Time to welcome in Brian Keel, the former BYU linebacker. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Brian, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good.
0: So we are curious, how good is Houston? We don't even know how to measure this game. We saw them play, and they looked terrible for twenty minutes, and awesome for forty. And we're not sure Tulane is any good, so we're left with question marks. Can you answer them?
1: I can't. I didn't. I didn't see their game, and um, I, I saw the score and the box score. And uh, you know, it's exactly like you said. You know, the score looks good, but um, you know, parts of the game did not look so good. And who knows what Tulane is? Who knows if I if is any good? So I think we'll find out some more tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Who knows how good BYU is when you boil it down? We're not really sure. What we saw on last Saturday was one team that was inspired. It was funny because BYU's got the rep for doing the dancing and it was San Antonio was doing all the dancing and BYU on their sideline. It looked like they were going to a funeral. And my thought for you, you've been playing, you've played in so many big games over the years. How much can emotion in a football game make a difference?
1: I think uh, it, more than any other sport, I think um, your your mentality, your emotion, and uh, you know those unmeasurable aspects of the game play a role. Um, just because it's such a physical, momentum game, and you know you, you it's it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's a violent, aggressive, contact sport, and you have to you have to be up for that. And you kind of you know you want to you know, be psyched, and, and all that stuff, it makes a difference, and it's it kind of, you know, it, it, it comes across as raw, raw reach sometimes, but it, it does make a difference, and, and you're exactly right, the other team last week had it, and we didn't, and I was disappointed in our guys, I, I think we started okay, and then we had a lazy fumble, and then we kind of, you know, went into, you know, just a lazy mode for the rest of the game, and we eked out an ugly win, but um, we, we didn't have it, and and you know the silver lining is hopefully that's a good wake up call. You'd like to get a wake up call with a win and not a loss. So hopefully that was a good wake up call. We're still getting the win to these guys. that, Hey, you gotta show up. Any any of these teams are capable of beating you in Houston. Absolutely can beat you tomorrow night.
0: So how much, and I guess you have to put yourself back in the player's mindset, not, not the wise old man that you've become, Brian, but think of, you know, <laughs> the 21-, 22-year-old version of yourself. How much is that a wake-up call? How long does it last? How short was your memory, which can be a good thing, but can also be a bad thing having that short memory, and how much is it kind of like, okay, we got we away with one there. We got we to gotta tighten the screws a little bit, and we got to bring it.
1: Well, first of all, I'm only slightly more mature now at 36 than I was at BYU at 22. So I've only improved a little bit. I'm still very immature. But, uh, uh, you know, back then, you are still a kid when you're in college, and you're still figuring things out, and you're you're suspect to, to buy into the hype, and, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, just totally shut that off and don't listen to the media and and I I never listened to that advice because I was immature then and I'm immature now and so I I always listen to the media and always spoke my mind to the media for better or for worse and so um, you know that's just who I am as a person and and everybody's different and I, I'm sure a lot of the kids down there have been believing their own press and and that affected things and um, in terms of having you know a short memory uh, for me like. I, I, I want to remember every mistake I make, so that I don't make it again. And you know, I, I, when I was there, when I played, I, I always would review film. And, and and if I if I if I made a mistake, you know, I'd watch that play ten times compared to a play that I did well on because I wanted to learn from it. I wanted to, it, you know, when I'm, I, I, mean, I remember giving up a touchdown as a sophomore against Utah in 2005, and that was one of the most you know it was a close game. They ended up losing it overtime. And um, that was the only touchdown I ever gave off at BYU. And that, you know, that one play motivated me so much in my offseason, in my training, in my, in my work ethic. And, and that's just how I was. And so, you know, you can take so much from, from failure and from, from poor performance, and you use that and leverage that to improve yourself. So I hope that's what these kids did with what, what was undoubtedly a poor performance last week.
2: How much though so do you think they're aware of that, and they don't? And don't really need to be said to them because they understand that the nature of this game, what they're trying to accomplish this season, and the fact that they let a team hang around last week and didn't give their best inspired effort.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the coaches, all in their own way, have addressed it, um, respectively, and um, and and you know some of them probably more forcefully than others, um, but you know everybody aware and to, to various levels and understand, you know, the reality that you know when you're favored by 35 points and you eke out a pretty ugly win at home, um, you know, you didn't play well. And so, you know, they, that, I, I'm sure they understood that. And who knows how the film session went? Um, you know, if I was a coach, which I'm not, if I was a coach, you know, I would have the same mentality as I did as a player. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't berate my players by any means, but I would just candidly, and frankly, you know, show them the film and be like, look, you know, this is what happened. This is where you made mistakes. This is where we need to make improvements. And, you know, you need to show up. You need to execute. Every team, you know, respect every opponent. That's kind of been a theme we've been talking about the last few weeks. Um, you know, you, any of these opponents. That's why sport is so fun because on any given day, any TV a 35-point underdog, um, you know, can, can come up and bite you in the butt. And, and they were, I mean, shoot, that, that onside kick was a good kick. They were close to getting it, and who knows what happened. I mean, it was a close game. You know, and, and I, it just goes back to they played well, we didn't. We eked out a win. And the, the, the what you do from that is you learn from it and get better and, and, and execute even better against Houston. And then, you know, the week after that and the week after that and, and upward mobility.
0: I know talking about the O line is a little bit of a moving target based on you know who can play and who can't play and you know, MP's supposed to be back so that you know on paper that looks like a clear win you know for BYU and the offensive line but watching that UTSA game that was the first time you could really criticize the offensive line I mean they never play a perfect game you can find something but the O line was pretty dominant in the first three games and UTSA was able to get some pressure on Wilson and make him move and so. How much faith do you have in that? How much do you worry about the ability to protect the quarterback? Where's your level of confidence in the O-line? Because if they dominate, then everything gets a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and so that's the thing. You know, the casual fan doesn't understand how much of an impact the offensive line has in football. They're always the unsung heroes. When they do their job, nobody hears about them. When they don't, you know, when you, when you get beat for a sack, that's when your name as an offensive lineman gets called on the broadcast. Hardly, if you make a great block, do you get pointed out for it? They're the unsung heroes, and when they dominate, the team dominates. And and that they're probably the biggest, other than Wilson's play, um, which has been phenomenal. um, They're probably the biggest key to our success so far this year. And so, yeah, it's no surprise that when they have a poor game, our team has a less than stellar performance, and it affects you know offense affects defense, and, and back and forth, you know, ball control and controlling the clock and. Field position and all those things affect each other, so the offense stalling and drives and not doing as well as they have done also affects our defense, and it goes back and forth. And so, you know, it, how good are they? I think they're really good. I think one of they're one of the best units on our team. I think it's just one of those things where they their their quality has been inflated due to the level of our opponent, which our whole team has. You know, our team has looked just un you know like Superman, and we've played lesser teams. And so, you know, if it, it, you take it with a grain of salt, I still think they're very good. And, you know, you, when they're all healthy and when everybody's in there and they're at full strength, I think they're very good and one of the best parts of our team.
2: So we hear teams like Houston, you know, they may have some undersized guys, but they got this great team speed, and BYU hasn't been historically known for great team speed. How do you combat that?
1: Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's been BYU's, you know, challenge. Ever, forever you know we, it's rare that we play a team that we're faster than across the board, and it's always been like that and so um, speed kills and in the game today it's even gotten more um, prevalent that speed it just it just absolutely creates mismatches and stresses on defenses and offenses and so um, but the, the the way that you do it is is a smart football player will outperform. A fast, dumb football player, and I'm not saying anybody's dumb or anybody's smart. But historically, um, BYU has had smart football players, even if we haven't had the most fleet of foot in our in our players. And so, you know, and and we've had smart players, and sometimes we've you've used that more uh, than other times. And so, that's that's how you you beat speed is you take proper angles with phenomenal effort and and you use leverage to your advantage and and you can combat speed and so that's you know you 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 maintain the like on defense you maintain uh you know perimeters you have an edge you have contain you maintain leverage you, you keep people in front of you They're, these are all just like basic football principles um that allows you to combat when you're playing teams that are faster than you and and that's you know we, we you know back when i was there we played tcu who was way faster than us across the board and and that's what we had to do. You know, you had to, you had to really pay attention to those fundamentals of leverage, of angles, contain, and when you do that, you you'll be totally fine.
0: So you played in the NFL, Brian. How many NFL guys do you think are on BYU's roster? Cuz you get those high-end quality guys, they make the game easier for the guys around them. They often force two guys on the other side to account to, for him. You know, a, a wide receiver, the safety's got a shade over. Uh, somebody uh, like yourself, they, they might have two guys blocking. And that makes everybody else's job easier. How many NFL guys do you think are on that roster?
1: There's a handful, there, and which is good to see because our, our NFL numbers have been low for a long time. And, you know, 80s and 90s, we just regularly put guys in the league. And then, you know, the 2000s have not been the same level. And you'll, you look at some of the other schools, you know, GCU, like I just mentioned Utah, they put guys, Boise, they put guys in the league just like like clockwork. Um, our team right now, we have some guys. Obviously, Kyrus Tonga, um, he's probably the highest prospect. Um, could have come out last year. Fantastic football player. Um, I mean, he's a complete NFL guy. Bushman's an NFL guy. I think Wilson's put himself in that conversation now. Um, there, there's, there's a couple other guys who are, you know, late draft. Picks to free agent guys that are you know they're they're popping and flashing right now, and um, it's good to see. I think we probably have as many if not more NFL guys on our roster right now than we've had in you know the last ten years.
2: What are your thoughts on the rushing three dropping eight?
1: So I it's 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 one of those. Things. I have a love hate relationship with that defense, and um, it has its place and you know, it's, it's good until it isn't. (laughs) And, um, you know, there's certain down and distances and circumstances where I think it's great. Um, I do think we use it too much and that's just my opinion. And that's, you know, it is what it is. It's my opinion. I'm not a coach. I'm not in game film with these guys and breaking down, you know, the opponents and all that stuff, but I think we use it too much. I think it gets predictable to the opponents. Um, I like, you know, and I think we've done a better job this year of mixing it up more and not using it as much as we have the last couple years because, you know, it just it gets predictable, and I think it makes it easier for the offensive coordinator when he knows that the quarterback's going to have time. It, just, it makes it a lot easier doing his job. It makes the quarterback's job easier. So it has its place, and, you know, you know third and 15, I, I don't think there's a better coverage to play than, than drop eight. Um, but on third and three, I think it's a horrendous coverage and you're just asking for them to convert on the the down. And so anyway, it has its place. I like to see us mix it up. Um, I still, you know, some, you know, we, we pressured and gave up a big play. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't really think that was a pound of the pressure. It was just really bad technique in the back end. And so I, you know, you can't be afraid to pressure. You have to, you have to be willing to roll the dice. Because if you're if you're too vanilla, if you're too predictable, it's just too easy of a job for the OC.
0: So is that something you do because the other team has more speed, keep the game in front of you? Is that one of the reasons?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're, you know, if you, you you look at the teams that have just like studs in the back end, like they're not running drop eight, they're running man three all day and just coming after the quarterback because they have guys that can can hold up in coverage. And that's a luxury that not a lot of teams have. You know, you look at some SEC teams like LSU that's able to do that, and Utah's been able to do that for years with the secondary that they've been blessed with, and so they've been able to hold up in man coverage. And not every team can do that. Um, I think I think our guys are better than a lot of people give them credit for. They're definitely way more talented and athletic than the secondary I played with, and that's no diss on the guys that I played with. They were really good football players, which is why we had a good team. But these these kids there now are faster and more athletic. Um, that doesn't mean they're better football players, but they are faster and more athletic. And so that you can do more with that. And, you know, speed speed makes up for a, a lot of other things. And so if, if you can combine speed with the smarts, like I talked about earlier, the best, you know, the best of both worlds is to have both, to be smart, take angles with phenomenal effort, and have speed. But I think we have guys that can do it, not – you know, down in and down out. But I think we can do it.
0: Brian, thanks for a few minutes as always, and we'll uh, check the game Friday night and see how it goes.
1: Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Have a good day.